What's going on, everybody? Here live, episode six from YouTube and FanCred, here with Coach Goodale. And we got a great, great guest again. Once again, we we outdid ourselves again. We got Todd Durkin coming on, uh, Brick Township, uh, Brick Township graduate, 1989 class, star football player, beat up uh, Coach Goodale's teams a couple times, and, <laughs> <laughs> and a good friend of Coach Goodale's as well. Yeah, I'm fired up. This is going to be really, really good. And this guy has so much energy. You know, last couple of years in particular, I've spent a lot of time just listening to his podcasts, his blogs, reading his books, uh, talking with him. He is. He's from Brick. He's out in San Diego. I, I don't know. They asked me when they were making up the graphic, like, what is his title? And it's he, he's an author. He's a motivational speaker. He's a, a trainer, obviously. Probably I think that that's what he would probably classify himself as because he Runs one of the best sports clubs in America, a top ten sports club. Uh, but he's a he's a trainer of coaches too. He coaches trainers. Uh, he's a high school football coach. He does a podcast. He does a blog, and he's just a super super good guy. And I think the best thing about this it's we went outside the box on this one, right? It's he's not a Rutgers guy. He's maybe a Rutgers wrestling fan now, but he's not a Rutgers guy. So it's uh, just a world renowned trainer and every and also in everything he does. And uh, so this will this will be interesting. I think it'll give uh, some of the people in the shore that kind of listen to us someone they can relate to and someone they've watched growing up. So I'm excited for this one. It'll be good for sure. Yeah, I'm excited to learn more about his story. You know, um, I followed followed along his podcast here and there, but um, I'm fairly new to discovering him and um, just just some of his path in life. You know, he played football and brick. Uh, played football in college for William and Mary. Then he played professional overseas, and it seems like that's really when he got his next passion into his second life uh, after he got injured. And um, I'm really curious to hear that kind of in between gap because that's kind of the age group I'm in right now. You know, I'm 24 years old and I'm on that journey right now, where I feel like being an athlete's where it's at, and that's like the only thing. It's kind of you know you're you're one you're one mind track. You're just going for that goal. So. Uh, when he got that taken from him from injury, I'm I'm curious to see where his mind was at and how he discovered that next passion into life. Yeah, yeah, I, you know, obviously I've known him growing up and I've competed against him, so I always followed him. And there was there was like a gap where I, I didn't really know where he was at, and then boom, the next thing you know, he he shows up on the scene with with this gym and and uh, and then started doing everything he's doing now, and it's just it's been incredible kind of the work he puts in. What I like about him most is the balance. And I'm going to ask him about that because for me, it was the biggest struggle. Like it was always go, go, go. We got to win, win, win. We got to train, train, train. We got to recruit, recruit, recruit. And then if you don't balance that uh, with your family, and he talks about that a lot, man, he talks about that all the time, the, getting the perfect balance to because he talks about his, his biggest, biggest thing he does and his most important job is being a husband and a father. So for me, that's been super critical uh, and get my balance right and all that good stuff. But this guy's special, man, and it's work, it's work, it's work. And uh, he just has such a passion for it. He does so many good things, and he trains so many good dudes. It's just uh, we'll get into that. I'm sure you'll hear about all the Hall of Famers. And, you know, he trains Drew Brees and Ladanian Tomlinson, and I know you're interested in, in their mindset and how he goes about that. Mike DeMarco, huge fan of this guy. Before the pandemic hit, uh, Coach DeMarco and I and Tim Hennessy were actually, because Tim wants to go out and golf in San Diego. We were going to take a trip out there, and uh, Mike was going to spend some time with him. And uh, I, obviously, Tim wanted to spend some time with him, but then we would go golf, and Mike would 
hang out at the gym all day. We'll still try to do that, but we got to get this uh, we got to get this pandemic to pass. And once we do that, but those guys in particular, Demarco's a huge fan of Durkin, and uh, you know we talk about him quite a bit. Yeah, um, you went out there. You got to train side by side with like Drew Brees. Who else was in that group? Yeah, that was pretty interesting. I don't know if we'll get into that, but I went out there. He, I called him. I said, listen, I'm recruiting, and here's how I know the date. You could help me with the exact year. I went to recruit Jared Cortez in Chicago with my wife, and then I got on a plane and went to San Diego to recruit this kid, Baker, and I was there for a call. I was like, we're going to spend a couple days out there. I'm like, I'm going to hook up with Durkin. haven't seen him in ages, and I'm going to go train with him. And uh, I called him, and he thought I was coming just to say hello and check him out. And and he has Drew Brees, uh, Sproles, Alex Smith, Cody Gabbard, I think it was. Uh, uh, he had some other really, really – Chase Daniels, some really, really good. So I get there, and I'm like, let's go, man. Let's, let's, let's train. Let's yeah. get after it. I'm ready to go. He didn't think I was there to do that. And I changed, in, changed into my stuff, and I'm wearing my Rutgers wrestling gear, and I'm like, let's – Let's party. Let's go. And I got after it, and it was good. And as the story goes, and I, I don't know if he even knows this, but we, we end up playing this game at the end, right, when you're exhausted, tired. You have to catch a little ball, throw it off a net. It springs back to you. You have to catch it. And as long as you keep the rhythm, you stay in the game. And somehow I get paired up with Drew Brees. This is how I knew I was taking a step back, right? And I thought I was competitive, man. And I, I got – I think to this day I kind of got screw on, screwed on a call. And they all and Bree starts yelling my point, so he automatically stays in, and another guy comes in, and I'm out. I didn't even fight it. I'm just like, listen, if he's telling me I'm out, I guess I'm out. I went home that day, and I told my wife, I got screwed on that. I should still be in that competition, but that guy totally took over, and it was his way. And but that was a pretty cool game, man. It was uh, it, it was awesome. But those guys competed at the highest level. They trained really, really hard. He's really involved with major league baseball players out in San Diego, so. Uh, He's really, but but it's so much more than that. His clients, he has people up to 60, 65 years old that he trains and he's super, super, super loyal to. Uh, and, and he's going to talk about it. His gym is in a strip mall, man. His gym is smaller than our facility. And there's a reason for that. And I'm sure he'll talk about that, but he could have one of the biggest gyms in the world and he chooses it to keep it where it's at and located. And uh, yeah. so this, this will be good, man. This guy's got a lot of energy. He's going to bring that too. So yeah. And being that size, it's still top ten, top ten gym in the United States. Uh, and he's been on TV shows and the TV show NBA, uh, NBC Strong. Sorry, and you know he's just he's a superstar. You know we're we're not uh, we're not doing him justice. You know sharing all all the things he's done, but he's done so many so many yeah. things. You know you, it's hard to wrap your head around, but uh, he's a superstar already, and I'm excited to talk to him and see what else he's got in store in his future. Here's the best thing about him, and we'll bring him in in a second. He is a great, great person. Like, we talk about this all the time. You could have all the accolades, and I think that's why so many people connect with you right now, and they love being around you. If you're a good person, man, it goes such a long way, and probably first and foremost, this dude's a really, really genuine dude. So uh, this is going to be good. Let's bring him in now because we'll be here for a little bit, of course, and let's get you guys calling in or, or at least – Typing in your questions uh, with our producer, and we can get Todd some questions from the fans, and and also we have some good some good stuff for him too. So there What's he is, on, TD. Uh, I, I'm laughing over here listening to these stories about that rebounder game, Coach. <laughs> yeah, is that what it's called? It's called the rebounder game, the right? Rebounder game. You better believe it. 
Yeah. You don't remember that. I got screwed on one of those points, and I just stepped back like, man, this guy's just kind of bitching me. That's what, they always, say. That's what they always say, like, oh, I got robbed. I got robbed. We'll get Anthony yeah. out here and get him on. He, he's probably got better hand-eye coordination. I don't he know. Do, do better. If Coach Goodell was at Rutgers, he would have argued that till he dropped. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's good to be here, fellas. Yeah. yeah. So, so listen, coming. man, we got we got a lot for you. We're going to – Anthony and I, just so you know how this started, man, I mean, I know you do a podcast. It's super professional. This just started because oh. of the pandemic, and the Rutgers fans just needed somebody to talk to and relate to. So him and I just – came on, started shooting it for about an hour and hanging out and answering all these questions, bringing guys on like you, just fans, answering their questions. And then the next thing you know, it blossomed to, to Todd Frazier and Michael Battaglia, Mike DeMarco. We had a Geo Baker who was our point guard here at Rutgers and brought us to the, to the tournament this year. So it just has blossomed. And here we are with you, man, pretty fired up. They asked me, how, uh, how do you introduce him? What is he? And is he an author? Is he a trainer? Is he a coach? Just where you at with that, man, if you could best describe what you do, and I know that's probably pretty hard, what, what, what would you think? A trainer first or where you at with that? Man, that, that's a good question, and, and thanks, Scott. I appreciate it. By the way, a lot of people come out of Jersey. A lot of people come out of Jersey naming all those names, and, and those are some awesome folks. Uh, but uh, someone once asked, what do you do? I'm like, T-W-T-W-I-D. Too difficult to explain what I do. <laughs> It's like, I honestly, uh, for me, it's just about changing people's lives. So it, it's, it's, a, it's as a trainer, as a coach, as an author, speaker, all those different roles and titles. I once heard Pastor T.D. Jakes talk about, I like having different titles because it kind of keeps me like in different, uh, reaching different populations and people. So for me, uh, I do have a lot of different roles and titles, but I'm always like, for my purpose in life, how can I reach people? And it doesn't matter if it's a young kid, uh, if it's a, if it's an athlete, if it's a, if it's a grandma, grandpa, if it's a, if someone struggling with life. To me, it's like, man, I want to get in there and change lives. And uh, whatever that is, I've just found that through my gym and through the books and through the podcast, it's all about reaching people. And right now, more than ever before, people need hope. People need motivation. People need inspiration. And I love what you and Anthony are doing, Scott, because just going out and connecting and reaching, people want to talk about sports, man. We all miss sports so much. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's what I do. I love it. I think, I think the reason we're doing this is really, to be honest with you, Todd, the, the people wanted to hear from Anthony, right? They, they love him in Jersey. They love him at Rutgers. I was just the guy to kind of join along with him. And uh, this thing's gotten to be pretty, pretty cool. So let me ask you this. We, we brought up this pandemic. We brought up right now uh, with everything going on. How are you keeping your clients engaged? Obviously, you're doing things virtually. People are watching you on Instagram. But you have a very loyal group that comes to fitness 10 and and i just I'm, I'm anxious because we're trying to do it right we're trying to keep our wrestlers and the guys anthony trains how are you keeping your clients that you're really really tight with uh and it's not just the nfl players and the baseball players there's some people that have been with you for a long time how are you keeping them engaged right now yeah and you know it's interesting because the nfl athletes you know there's there's a handful of them that that i've been training throughout this whole pandemic and and the majority of that is through zoom and through writing programs uh, and 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 you know sharing crazy videos like i share with you guys this morning like every day uh but i think this is an important thing for me to remember is because in this crazy time that is unprecedented like i i'm doing everything i can to amp up my own energy like through training and eating and i'm trying to double down on my own personal care like more than ever before i'm training my tail off i'm, I'm eating i'm like i'm gonna i'm gonna get yoked up myself because if i'm feeling like garbage how am I going to inspire 
an NFL guy, let alone grandma, grandpa, mom, or dad, or these kids that I'm working with. So I'm doubling down on my own care and uh, literally trying to just like win the day that, you know, it's rhetorical, win the day, win the day. Like now more than ever, it's like win the moment. Like I just got to win right now and get through it. And yeah, I've been doing sometimes two, three workouts a day, just on, just on my own mind. Just like, you know what? I'm going to do what everyone else is not doing right now. I'm going to go out there and do another workout. And sometimes these workouts are 20, 30 minutes long, not an hour and a half. But uh, it really is like, geez, I got to just get my own mind right. Like, let's go. So I'm doing that for myself so I can so I can get after with the NFL athletes and the other other athletes I'm working with. Yeah. I, um, what are some of your secrets maybe when you're feeling that way where you got to change that gear? You know, you're talking about doubling down when you get that feeling. Um, is there any any other little tricks you use, you know, um, maybe like a morning routine to get yourself going or um, I know you're really big into, into journaling. I was kind I was kind of wondering uh, what is your journal process? Do you have a specific process where you're writing down what you're grateful for? Maybe what your day is going to be like, a goal for the day? Um, Dang, Anthony. Good question, man. Good question. He's picking your brain, man. He's picking That's your brain. brain. This guy's you trying know, to win an Olympic title. Now, you know what? That is a really deep question because literally just this morning I was writing up journal prompts uh, for um, – I got a new book coming out next month and I'm actually, I'm giving away journal prompts because people always ask me that question about journaling. How do you do it? But let me start with this. The morning routine is everything, everything. How you start your day is everything. And the number one rule I don't do, and I wrote down, I've always had rules. I have 13 rules for my life, but I, I created some new rules during the pandemic on my March 18th. I wrote down like rules for myself and the number one rule First thing in the morning that I do not do, don't turn on my phone. I don't turn on my phone first thing in the morning because what happens for me, it creates anxiety. I got the tweets, the texts, the Instagram stories coming through. I start getting on. Next thing I know, I've just wasted 20, 30, 40 minutes of that time of looking at everyone else's stuff. So my first thing that I do is I don't turn on the phone. I come down right here where I'm standing in my home office and I get about 10 minutes of quiet time. And that quiet time for me, for me as a man of faith, it's praying. But it could be journaling, which it is uh, after I listen and, and pray. It's that quiet time setting my intentions for the day. Because right now, intentions are important. Like I, I, I'm telling myself and writing down, I will dominate the day. I will put out great content today. And even though I know it, I got to remind myself, like, man, like I got to put this down. Because otherwise, I start getting brain fog and feeling like garbage so that kind of precedes my my uh, my little trick, my little hack that I do. It's because rarely do I feel like going out and get an hour workout in. So I'm like, all right, I got to get the pup out for a walk. So I take his name is Jersey, by the way. I take Jersey out for a walk. And that walk is kind of my <laughs> – I never thought about that. But I uh, that's my kind of my hack to get it started because during that walk, I'm typically listening to a podcast. That's That's the start of like, all right, here we go. We're going to rock and roll. So when I get back into the to the house here, I got a gym in my garage. I just start going old school, man. And I, I'm old school. I put on, you all laugh. I put on the old Rocky Four soundtrack. I put my hoodie on. And I, I start grinding. And, and, and it's no like nothing pretty. There's nothing fancy about it. It's simply to get my mind right. And that's it. So it's like, don't turn the phone on. Listen to a podcast. Pray in the morning for a few minutes. Uh, write down a few things that I'm hearing. The, what are the whispers saying? Dominate the day. Put out great content. Check in with if someone comes to my mind of someone I need to you know share a text or an email with later on. I'll put that out uh, on that. And then I just go out and move because movement, movement right now is it always is, but movement's medicine. 
Yeah. And it's medicine. And if you don't have it, uh, you know, you got to find it. You got to you got to find it. You got to talk smack, you know, to to to, to Scott. You got to find yeah. a, a party. And you're like, hey, I do uh, most mornings. I'm like, hey, guys, guess what? It's 530. I'm moving. You're not. Yeah. I'm winning. You're not. Right. So it's like talking smack. And next thing you know, you create a little bit. All right. He's where he's working right now. I got to get up. I got to do something. So, you know, you don't want to get beat. Yeah. Who's some of those guys that you turn to listen to a podcast in that walk? Um, good question. Depends on what mood I'm in. So if I'm in a, if I'm in a business mood, uh, it's going to be a Gary V, a Dave Ramsey or an entree leadership, uh, on that. If it's a spiritual, like I, I need to get nourished more. It's either a Joel Osteen or pastor TD Jakes or my guy out here, Miles McPherson, uh, from the rock. Uh, if it's, um, if it's, you know, depending on, on if it's personal growth or not, I've got I've got a you know probably twenty different podcasts I I go between um, on that but yeah I, I, those are a few of them. Let me ask you this I uh, I always tell I got speak a lot I go around speaking a lot of you know mostly wrestling groups and teams whatever whatever sport it may be but I always tell coaches like you can never have a bad day right you may be having a bad day you may have just sat in an office and went over guys failing uh, academic tests or whatever and you're struggling but you got to go in that wrestling room. You could never have a bad day. And, and if you are, your athletes can't know it. Man, I've never seen you run out of energy. Is that just to try to get yourself going? It's, you're clearly not faking it. You, I mean, you bring so much darn energy every single day. Do you ever just get tired where you just want to shut it down? Or maybe more importantly, does your family, your <laughs> wife say, God, shut it down? <laughs> yeah, she does. I, I mean, that's because I, I, every time I see you, there's just so much juice. I, I got I to gotta know. Yeah, no, no, no. She, she absolutely does. Sometimes she's like, you got, you got to turn it off. Uh, here's the thing. When I turn it off, I can turn it off. I can turn it off if, if I can turn it, you know, when I need to turn it off, I turn it off. And matter of fact, that would be, I'd say one of the secrets of turning it on is to be able to turn it off. Like early mornings, I'm not an energizer bunny early in the morning. That's when I'm kind of fueling up myself. It's kind of like, you know, getting the old Volkswagen started a little bit. I got to put that fuel in there. And it takes me about an hour and a half sometimes to get that morning routine so that I feel that. At night, you know, eight o'clock, nine o'clock at night, I'm not an energizer bunny. That's what I actually try to turn off the computers and the phones and everything else, especially right now. I just recently set a new rule. No, no work after eight o'clock. I found the last three or four weeks I've been drinking out of a fire hose working till 11, 12 o'clock and getting up at 435 because everything's pivoting so fast. Everything's changing in the business world so fast that I'm like reacting. And, you know, we had a furlough 35 people in the gym. And so I was drinking out of a fire hose. I said, you know what? I'm going to make sure that at eight o'clock I'm turning it off. I'm going to open up the book. I'm going to get my five pages in. I always say it's one of my rules is five pages a day. Five pages typically turns into, you know, 10, 15 or 20. Um, but I say five so that I, I know I can do that. It's a few minutes. So, yeah, I'm not always on. But when it's on, it's that mindset. It's like Anthony, you know, or Scott, you know, too. It's sometimes, you know, you, you don't know if you have your best. It's like when it's game time and the lights go on, you got to go. You yeah. got to rock and roll. And, and that's just a mental hack of like when it's on, you got to go. And um, I think when it's coming from a deep intrinsic place, uh, then then it's not fabricated and it doesn't wear out. Does that mean you don't have to rest? Absolutely. You do need to rest and you need to recover and and all those things. But when it's time to go, you got to flip the switch. And when you flip that switch, man, it's on like Donkey Kong and we got to rock and roll. So right now I'm saying leaders are stepping up in this tough time. You know, in businesses and coaching, uh, in, in their homes, like leaders are stepping up and I'm finding out who's in the foxhole, you know, are you in the foxhole or not. If you only got one foot in, get out, 
Like I'm telling my, like, listen, if you're not all into this, now's a great time to be hopping on a foxhole because I don't want to go to battle for the next six to 12 months with people in my foxhole that aren't all in. And uh, that means double down on personal growth, reading more than ever before, learning more than ever before, studying your craft more than ever before. I'm telling my athletes the same thing. Use this time as an opportunity to get better. We're going to look back in six months and be like, man, I, I, I wasted that time or I didn't waste that time. Or, you know, I always hear this as a, as a coach, as a trainer hat. Man, I wish I had time to work out. Are you kidding me? You have all the time in the world right now to work out, but but now I don't have the motivation to work out. So you're being you're letting the circumstances dictate your mind. No, 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 don't do that. Let your mind say, "Listen, we're going to get through this and we're going to we're going to carve out 1, 2, 3 hours a day for personal growth, personal development, training, and that stuff." It's right now mandatory. It's not an optional thing. You got to train and you got to get deeper in personal growth more than ever before. Yeah, man, you talked about uh, being able to shut it down. Well, um, what are some of the things when you do want to shut it down and you got to continue your brand and your image, maybe through Instagram or social media? How do you continue to shut it down when you're worn down, but promote that? You know, you got a website, you got maybe two or three websites, you got Mm. Instagram, you got Twitter, you know, do you have someone doing that for you? Do you have a team? Do you preset it all and kind of during those times and just let it take over? Yeah. You, you know, and it's a good question. Again, um, it's never perfect. You may look at that and be like, man, he's good. And I'm like, man, I'm not doing enough. <laughs> like, it's like, it's never enough. It's never enough. And as a coach, as an athlete, you never feel like you're, you're completely prepared and all you do is prepare and you never feel that. And I think that's what, that's what makes someone great is that constant perpetual uh, desire to be better. Um, Cause I never feel like I, I have done enough uh, in my own brand. And there are times even recently where like, man, I, I wish I was doing more. And, you know, with, with the Instagram and I'm doing lives every day at noontime back here. And, and, you know, I've got the book coming out and I still like, man, I, I need to be doing this, this, and this, and this. And my wife will remind me, she says, you know, Hey T like, just be in the moment, be where your feet are at. And she reminds me of what I always say, be where your feet are at. I'm like, good point. Sometimes I need that reminding of, of someone too, of like, just be where you're at, stop enough to, to smell the roses and to get back to the journaling thing. One of the things I think is important is a lot of people journal in the morning. I found a lot of reprieve recently doing it at night. So my mind can relax because if you can't relax your mind, you can't sleep. And if you can't sleep, you're useless. Uh, so it's like at night, just what did I accomplish today? And writing down one, two, three things that you accomplished. And uh, writing that down and counting your wins for the day uh, because, hey, you know what? I did do a lot today. Uh, I did A, B, C, and D. And then tomorrow I'm going to focus on this and, you know, sound rhetorical again. But, hey, this is what I'm grateful for. Food on the food in the in the fridge, a roof over my head, a fact that I can actually train right now. I got two arms, two legs. I can actually breathe, smile, laugh, and give inspiration to someone who needs it. Like sometimes it's the simplicity in life that allows you to actually be fulfilled. And Tony Robbins says it best, like it's not about the success you achieve, it's about the fulfillment that you achieve. So how do you how do you get fulfillment? You get fulfillment because you live your purpose. How do you find your purpose when you're 24 years old? I heard you talking about that, Andy. It's that it's that constantly going deep in yourself and asking yourself, am I being enough? Not am I doing enough, am I being enough? Because if you just look at the accolades and the gold medals and all that stuff, fantastic. But it's really, am I tapping into my potential? Because there's only two people that know if you're if you're being enough, you and the big man up top. Like, am I filling my potential? Oh, and you're so awesome, national champion, man. 
you don't know. No one else knows what's inside of you. You might be like, dude, I'm, I'm going to be a three-time, you know, world champion or Olympic champion or whatever it is. Like, they don't know that. I know that. But that's what I'm working towards. But it's about fulfillment. Or, you know, right now, for all the athletes listening and all the coaches, you're not defined by your sport, by the way. You're not defined by your sport. There's other things in your life that, that you have other gifts that maybe now's a good time to hone your your craft on. You wanted to always play, you know, a musical. You wanted to play guitar. You wanted to write a book. Uh, you wanted to, you know, you guys, you guys are doing that. You're starting a podcast. Like now's a great time to really explore other other interests and hobbies outside of what your core core focus is. Also, yeah. So uh, I learned. Go ahead, Ant. You got another I, one? No, go ahead. I, I've learned. I've learned to uh, because of you, right? Because of reading your books and reading your journals and and all that stuff and listening to you, I've learned to balance, right? I think I'm just such a better coach when mm -hmm. my life is balanced. That means my home life, my spiritual life, that means everything. And I've learned that. And a lot of the stuff I've read from you is that color coded system you have. You talk about yeah. like mellow yellow time and blue sky time. And you've mentioned the journaling part, but just for our listeners out there, like you take a vacation, it's mandatory. You're getting away and you're shutting it down with your family, not just you, but your family. So just talk about some of that stuff because I think that's really, really cool, and it's been super beneficial for me. Well, there, there, there's mentors that have impacted me, and and Wayne Cotton's a guy that I, I learned from back in the day when I was starting my business. By the way, I had no idea how to run a business. I was an athlete. I got hurt, and then when I was going to start my business, I had no money, no clients, no business plan. Not a real smart way to start a business uh, on that, but I had passion. And this, this man who I happened to, to, to uh, meet started kind of mentoring me and teaching me about business. And he said, you know, we need to learn how to structure your day and your life so that everything is a system. I said, well, talk to me about that because I just kind of go with where my heart tells me to go. So we created a, a four-color calendar uh, system. And the four colors are yellow, green, blue, and red. And yellow is mellow yellow. Time off. Blue is blue sky time. It's strategic time about your life. Red is red tape, like organizing your life. And green is green machine. And he said, hey, Todd, if you want to make more money, how do you think you make more money? And me and my knuckleheadedness, I'm like, you just work. You just you work your tail off. He's like, but you're already working 50, 60 hours of training people every day. You can't work any harder. You're working seven days a week. You're teaching on Saturdays and Sundays. and You can't work any harder. So you're tapped out. And I scratched my head. I was like, yeah, you're right. So we started strategizing about life and how do you create more time off? He said, the way you start to make more money is you get more blue sky time and more mellow yellow time. I said, how do you make more money when you're off? He said, aha. He goes, that's when you get all your big ideas. When you're out going for a run through, through the park, uh, when you're on the beach and you're running on the beach or you're going out and you're, you're skiing or whatever you're doing. All of a sudden, your big ideas come, and then you take those big ideas and you put them on paper and you start to strategize about how you implement that. That's how you, I'm like, doing light bulbs went off. And since that early time, that was about 18 years ago, I started color coding my my calendar. And um, it's like, you know what? Right now, I'm not getting enough mellow yellow time, so I can't get the big ideas. The big ideas and in, in things that are happening quick. The more time that you get off and and away, then you're going to have those ideas. And along with that, Scott, when you mention balance. Balance is something that is a very interesting concept because you say I'm, I'm, I'm good in balance. I'm not necessarily good in balancing all the time, but here's how I look at balance. I do look at balance. I use the analogy of an orchestra. Sometimes the drums are jamming hard and sometimes the flute's playing soft. 
sometimes the flute is playing a nice melody and, the, and you don't even hear the drums. For example, when I was writing my book, man, I was like for weeks upon months writing and I told my family, I'm not going to be probably the best husband for a few weeks because I've got to write and I'm in a, I'm in a flow. But when I'm done with this, I'm going to take time off and I'm going to spend more time uh, just on that. Or when I'm coaching my son, um, I'm going to spend that from two o'clock in the afternoon and I'm not going to do any work from two to eight. Like I'm going to focus on that. So I've created a structure in my, in my life, in my weeks, in my days that like when I'm on, I'm on, when I'm off, I'm off. And all together, I call it my 10 forms of wealth. And I have a wheel that, and you'll see that in the book is the 10 forms of wealth is not wealth of money. It's wealth of mind. It's the wealth of the peace and the harmony that all of us want. We all want more harmony. We want all peace. How do you find that when, when you're, you know, drinking out of a fire hose, it's creating a structure and how you create that structure is, you know, for me, I literally in, in my 10 forms of wealth from my inner self, my physical health, my career finances, my circle of genius who I'm hanging out with, um, the love in my life, the impact and legacy I'm creating. I, I grade them how I'm doing like four or an eight. And then I put down goals every month of what I need to do. And right now, May, I've got goals for them despite the craziness pandemic that's going on. You know, for me to be a better husband, what I have to do, I've got to shut it down for dinner time. And I got to make sure I'm there for the kiddos and we have fun. I got to make sure eight o'clock I'm not working and I'm not going to just going to react to everything. So that's kind of my structure in a nutshell. It's kind of crazy, but I've like been 18 years of, of really like honing in on that. Yeah. That, so we, we go ahead. Aaron. That's awesome. That, uh, that whole system's awesome. I'm going to have to use some of that. I was going to say steal some of it, but you know, you have books <laughs> out there, you're, you're trying to inspire others. So it's not really steering, steal, no. stealing. You're kind of letting us borrow it, but I wanted to rewind a little bit. Um, take me back. You opened your fitness quest 10, your first facility in 2000 in San Diego in 2002. Yep. You're, you're the San Diego chargers massage therapist. How did you infiltrate LT is one of your first clients you talk about. How did you infiltrate that conversation? Maybe he's on the massage table. I just want to be a fly on the wall for a sec. You trying to be like, Hey, like we could do this thing on the side too. I'm pretty good uh, with fitness as well. Like you throwing winks in there. Like what, what's that conversation like to first uh, break the ice with some of the athletes? Ranty, by the way, you you you've got a good career coming up in broadcasting. <laughs> when wrestling's all done in like ten years, whenever that is, man, fifty, whatever, you you got a great career ahead of you. Thanks. That was, that's the second second compliment I uh, I got like that. So uh, I'm excited. No, you, you ask very inquisitive questions, and this is good because most people don't ask those questions because there's a story behind that. When I opened my business, um. Uh, number one, I didn't even know if I ever wanted a gym. I was still searching. I was 25 years old when I blew up my back. And I always wanted to be an NFL athlete. But I knew that when the doctor in France told me my career was over, I went down this journey five years of trying to heal my own back pain without having surgery. I was hooked on Vicodin. I was really searching about how I could like do this without having surgery and find a new purpose in life. Because at the time I was five and competing against Coach Goodale and, and that stuff, I just wanted to be a pro athlete. That's what made me tick. But when that happened, I really had to go deep. And there were some really dark times during that time. My father had passed when I was just 20 years old. And that that rocked my world. And when I was 25, that injury happened. And I was doing a lot of soul searching in my 20s. I didn't know it then. But looking back, it really was kind of like God working through me of like setting me up for what was to come. Because 
when I opened my business, not knowing I wanted to have a gym, it was like, hey, let me try this and see if it works. I had met this attractive girl in grad school. She was my future wife. I, was, I didn't go back to grad school until I was 27. And um, when I opened my gym, just shy of being 30 years old, I, uh, I opened it up in the first two years. I trained anybody. I'm talking, uh, I'm talking anyone. I, I mean, uh, obese people, people with, with like everyone that walked in the door, I wanted to help them. I want to help them lose weight. I want to help them get out of pain. Uh, I was doing massage therapy and training, um, but I wasn't training pro athletes. I, I didn't have athletes. But this one day, this gal who was doing Pilates um, comes in. She says, hey, my husband has a bad back. Do you think you could help him? I said, absolutely. I would love to help him. So he comes in, and this 6'6", 330-pound man walks through the door. I'm like, who's this? And it was Vaughn Parker. And Vaughn was the left tackle for the San Diego Chargers. So I'm working on Vaughn. And the craziest things happens. 15 minutes into the session, I hear this like cracking going on. I'm like, what is this? I thought it was his back. The table was splitting in half. My massage <laughs> table split in half. And the next thing I know, I have this 600, six 330-pound six, man laying on the floor with a massage table split in half. And I'm like, Great. My first pro athlete I've ever worked with. And now I, he splits the massage table. He's at that time a $20 million athlete. And I'm like, what do I do? <laughs> so so it was my first shot. So I take off my shoes and I'm like, Vaughn, you okay? He's like, yeah. And I remember seeing the whites of his eyes look up at me looking like, what just was that? I take off my shoes. I'm like, listen, I know Thai massage really good. And I, I start doing Thai massage on him. I didn't know how to do Thai massage. I watched one video, <laughs> I watched one video on Thai massage. And the next thing I know, I got my foot in his glutes and I'm doing all these things. And he's like, this is great. This is awesome. And I'm like totally like stretching him out. I'm sweating. And he's like, this is the most amazing work I've ever received. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. But anyway, he's like, listen, the San Diego Chargers, they need a massage therapist after the games. Would you be interested in coming down? I said, absolutely. He, he hooked me up with the athletic trainer for the Chargers. Next thing I know, I'm doing all the post-game massage therapy on Mondays for all the Chargers. And it was during that time I first met Drew Brees. This was 2002. And I met Ladanian. And I met all the, all the Chargers every day. Every Monday I'm working with these guys. But what happened was the day after the season ended or the, the, day, the week before the season ended, Ladanian comes up to me and says, Hey, Todd, I understand you also do something called functional fitness. When the season's over, I'd like to call you and have you help me. I said, I'd be honored. I gave him my phone number, and the day after that season ended, it was his rookie year, he called me up on a Monday and said, I want to get training. I said, do you want to take a few weeks off? He said, no, I want to come in tomorrow. I'm like, holy, she's like, this guy just finished the season yesterday. He's calling me today. He wants to come in tomorrow. And I remember being so nervous. This was the first-round pick of the San Diego Chargers. He was the fifth overall pick, and, and LT comes in. And I remember being like, I wanted to puke going to the gym that day. Like, what am I going to do with this guy? How am I going to help him? And I never, I never forget, I had him take off his shoes and do this balance uh, test. And he was really good on one leg, and he was really bad on another leg. And I remember thinking, I said, LT, what way do you like to cut? And I see his eyes closed, and I see him kind of like visualize it like that way. I'm like, yeah, you like to go that way, and you just got, 30, you just got 32 on that side. And the, the way you don't like to cut, when you push off that leg, you got 23. 
There's an imbalance between your hips and your balance. If I can get that to where you get the equal mobility and stability between these sides, imagine if I'm a coach that knows I don't know which way you're going now. And then you could play like you say you want to be like a scared rabbit and be the best to ever play the game like Walter Payton. And light bulb goes off, and you all know it, and you've seen it too, Anthony. Sky, I know you've seen it many times. The light bulb moment. The light bulb moment when the athlete gets it. That started a nine-year career with LT and I, and obviously he finishes with your Jets, but just a week later, he brought in Drew Brees, and I've been training Drew for 18 years now because in the athlete world, it's all word, word of mouth. And um, the bottom line, it all started with Vaughn Parker and a split table. Why? Because it was coming from the heart. I didn't know how to do, I didn't know how to do Thai massage, but I could tell you this, all my energy was going into like, how am I going to help this guy? He's tightening his hip flexors. I know if he opens up his hips, his back is going to be helped because so much of back pain comes from the hip flexors, hip rotators, the glutes and the hamstrings. So if I could open that up through the sole of my foot, then I could help this guy. And he felt great afterwards. I think intentionality is a really important aspect of any coaching, training, massage therapy, body work, leading uh, someone is where's your heart at how do you pour into something and to answer your long question that was a long answer that's how i got started that's awesome, awesome. i was thinking six 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 three twenty that's no leon mawadia right Playing that right is guard. not leon mawadia so so listen a couple guys asked about your books i know you got your new book coming out get your mind right check out this one right here oh wow I read this all the time. I give this to everybody, right? And they get it back. For me, it's great because it's it's short stories and right. it just hit home and it's real quick. You can read four or five in a sitting and then boom. But I think about a couple of them off the top of my head because I remember them. You you played for a legendary football coach, right? Warren Wolf. There's a lot of writers from the area that are on this call. Kevin Williams is probably listening. Steve Fall, Coach Sarluca are probably listening right now. But the one chapter, labor, 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 right? Working on Labor Day, we always tell our our guys, "How are you not training on Christmas? You're a wrestler. How are you not training on Thanksgiving?" Like, and then I, and then here you are. I open up this book, and boom, labor, labor, labor. What did uh, what does Coach Wolf mean to you? Uh, we would be doing the injustice if we didn't talk talk about uh, Coach Wolf and your relationship with him. So I wanted you to share that with uh, with our wow. listeners. Well, like like anyone who's had a great coach in their life, the the impact that great coaches have. It's not found in the in the season. Many times it's 35 years later when you say, well, how did a coach impact someone because the job that someone has or how their life is. And there's not a day that goes by now uh, that I don't think of Coach Wolf. And, and God bless his soul because when every Labor Day, I hear his voice in my head. And I'll do a video. I'll go on Instagram. I'm coaching my kids. I'll come on, boys. I'll blow the whistle. Did, 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 did. Boys, boys, it's a special day. It's a special day. <laughs> Today is Labor Day. And guess what we're going to do? You've been talking about having a championship. Y'all want a championship? <laughs> guess what? Today is Labor Day, and that's what we're going to do. We're going to labor, 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 labor. <laughs> and I'm thinking, I'm like a 17-year-old kid with my eyes like, no, I don't want to labor. And now, 30 years later, man, I love hearing that voice of labor. like. Listen, you want to be great, you got to labor. Whether it's Labor Day or not, you got to put in a blue-collar mentality. And I'm preaching the choir because, I mean, in Jersey, it's in the blood. But uh, it doesn't matter where you live and who you are. Sometimes we all got to re be reminded of, like, in the midst of a pandemic is work. That's what we're built for, man. Americans are built for these moments like this. It's like, we're tough. We're going to get through it. And, and, and I'd say this, anyone listening in, is how do you kind of go touch someone today 
whether you go to the store, the grocery store, you you see someone on your walk around the neighborhood, and you give them a little a little you know Jersey fist bump, or you give them a, a thumbs up or a wave, whatever it is, is like the look that you have. People know you're different. People know you're different, and I think that's you miss Jersey. You miss Jersey. I miss the Jersey Shore in the summer is what I miss. <laughs> you know, I, I feel so connected. I've got family back in Jersey. I've got yeah. a lot of friends back in Jersey. I, because of my speaking engagements, I feel like I get back to the East Coast and Jersey probably twice a year, it seems like. Um, and in today's connected world, uh, so many, I just feel always a connection to New Jersey. Uh, and I'm always out here on the West Coast sticking up for Jersey because no one knows what it's like to, to be in Jersey unless you're from Jersey. And and Jersey is an awesome state, and I love it. It's my roots. It's where I come from. You know, being out here, it's like, man, how do you do what you do? It's because you take the grind that that I learned for the first eighteen years of my life, and uh, I apply it to what I do every day. So it, it's who I am. Right. Um. I, go ahead, Ant. Yeah. We asked about your journal process. Do you have a specific process to use to write uh, your books, or do you just uh, have like a inspiration and you just kind of go? Like you said, you told your family, you kind of going to sneak off for a couple of weeks. You might not be the same guy. Do you just kind of go into your own zone and uh, get, get all the main thoughts down? Yeah. And this is a good time, Todd. This is a good time to bring up your book that's coming out here pretty quickly. Okay. You know? couple things. My first book, The Impact Buy Plan, I wrote it in 10 weeks. I wrote it in 10 weeks. That's, a, that's, that's crazy because I, I, I wrote it in a really, really busy time. And if you want something done, you ask someone busy. I wrote it from like nine o'clock at night to two in the morning, seven days a week in 10 weeks. I had a co-writer on that with me. And one, but halfway through, I got really tired. And I was, it was like midnight on a Saturday night. I'm like, what am I doing? And I, this is no joke. And y'all appreciate this back east. I went online and I booked a beach home in Lavalette, New Jersey. And that was my carrot. That was my carrot. I'm like, you know what? This is going to be a bestseller. And I'm taking my family to the beach when this thing is done. I booked it that night. My wife woke up next morning. She's like, what were you doing? I'm like, I booked us a beach house in July in Jersey. It's like, what? I'm like, I needed a carrot. She's like, all right, all right, cool. So, you know, for that, I sat down. The wow book that Scott was just holding up, different process. That took years. Uh, that was like all these different blog posts I had. And then I curated them all. And I took 52 of my my blogs. And I, I kind of made it into like this recipe of if someone wants to read two or three pages, um, then they can they can just get that nugget for the day. And it's you could read chapter 52 or you could read chapter one. It didn't matter. This latest book called Get Your Mind Right. Believe it or not, guys, that, this comes on uh, the heels of one of more my more challenging times recently. I wrote it beginning November 2018. I had just had knee surgery. I had a partial knee replacement because of a, a knee injury I've had for nine years. And I got tired of not being able to walk. And I was on crutches three months before that on the sidelines. And I was like, enough's enough. And I'm still in my 40s. And I'm like, man, I feel like an old man. I said, screw it. I'm going and getting a knee replacement. And it was when I was, I, I had my game ready on. I'm icing. It was three days after surgery. And I got a call for my proposal for this book. I wrote that book in my recovery process about getting your mind right when you're kind of down and out, like what it's like when you're feeling pain and when you're feeling obstacles. I didn't know. And, I, and I'll tell you guys this. I didn't know when I was writing it, obviously that the pandemic would happen because all last year I was pressing the publisher who gave me the deal that I wanted it out in January, 2020. Why? Because January is when everyone starts the new life. It's like, this is when you get going and this is when you get fired up. It's when you get your mind right. They said, sorry, Todd, we can't do it. We can't make January happen. It's going to have to be the spring. I'm like, the spring? I don't want the spring of 2020. 
<laughs> I fought tooth and nail to get January 2020 and I lost. And thank God I did because the book is coming out in the middle of the pandemic. And most people be like, man, that's a horrible time for a book to be coming out. And I would agree with them, except if the title is called Get Your Mind Right, because Get Your Mind Right is all about overcoming obstacles, challenges, overcoming fears, anxieties, uh, tapping into your whispers, which was the, the toughest chapter I've ever written because I really share my faith. And, um, you know, I don't typically go public with my faith. I just kind of live my life of who I am and I share who I am authentically. But that was the first time that I was I was in my quiet time, Anthony, when I'm getting my quiet time. The whispers were saying, be bold, be courageous, share the world who you really are and what makes you tick. So I'm really excited about for the book. It actually just became available to, to get now. Um, and I really do believe that it's going to make uh, a lot of impact in the world because people need more motivation, inspiration and hope uh, right now as well. Where can we go get that? Cool, man. Amazon? Yeah, you get it on Amazon. If you go to toddurkin.com, there's a link. But yeah, you can go to Amazon. It's called Get Your Mind Right, uh, toddurkin.com. And, and by the way, if you get it, uh, I've got some incredible free bonuses. Like there's a 15-minute audio message I share. There's lock screens for your phone and then journal prompts. I've got 12 journal prompts to like some of the journal uh, prompts that I use to kind of write for a few minutes in the mornings on that stuff. So those are all free. If you get the book, uh, those are all free, free bonuses for people. Yeah. And I, lo I love what you talked about just being a little bit vulnerable. You know, you know, some people, some people think people like you, people with any great accolades, you know, think they don't have off moments or uh, off times, you know, and uh, I'm interested to go read that book and see, see some of those moments in your own life. You know what, Anthony, never forget this is Sometimes there's little kids looking up to you that you're you're invincible and that, you know, as a national champ and with all these accolades of what you're doing. What I've learned in the last decade is the more real and vulnerable you are, then people can relate to you. And they're like, man, he's a real dude or a real gal that like has overcome adversity and they weren't handed a golden spoon and they worked their tail off and the sacrifices and everything else. And then you become even more of an inspiration for a young boy or girl to live the life that they want to live. So it's not easy because when I was your age, I was just getting over the fact that I was always trying to please everybody else. It was always about trying to please everybody else and make sure that everyone was happy. And inside, I was like, wait a second, am I really truly like choosing my major because like it's a major that I'm going to be happy in? Because at that time, when I became a kinesiology major in 1992 at William Mary, I was like, what am I going to do? I don't know what I want to do with my life. Um, so that's not easy, but I would encourage you just to continue to be you and, and share that with you because it's a, it's a great thing. And you're only going to find more peace, happiness, and success by doing that. Todd, a couple more here. And then I, I want to have fun with you here a little bit. I got some quick hitters, but you're, you're into wearing the dad hat, man. You love being a dad. You got three great kids. And I, I feel like I'm a, I, I share with that with you, right? I see all that and I kind of do some of the same things with my kids. I have two, but uh, what's it like, man? Your 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 older son's now in this recruiting process. He's a brilliant kid, right? Cornell, John Hopkins, maybe Princeton, maybe coming back east, uh, and some schools obviously out in the west. But what's that like going? Not only just the recruiting process, but them growing up, you doing what you do, them being surrounded by a lot of great people, you know. And then and then you go home and you just you put on a dad hat, and that's probably your greatest achievement. So. Uh, just talk a little bit about that because obviously that interests me. Man, there's nothing better. There's nothing better. I I've calculated last year 260 hours uh, of just being on the football field, having fun with my sons, uh, Luke and Brady. 
um, and I, I coach my daughter McKenna, she's 12. Um, there's nothing better um, than that. Like right now you talk about the recruiting process and Luke should probably add RU to the, to the mix, you know, and, and that, but with your son. But when you think about, when you think about that hat, what I would say is this, and I tell my kids is, is don't ever do something because I did it. Don't do it because dad did it. I, I don't want you playing football because dad did it. I don't want you going to a certain school because I think you should do it. I want you to make sure you make the decision based on you and where you're going to be happiest. Don't choose a school because it's division one or because it's division three. What's the best fit for you? Go to the school that's the best fit. Not because what people are going to think, oh, you're a D1 athlete or a D3 athlete. Forget that. Where are you going to get your best education, allow yourself to both to grow, and you're going to find happiness because some people go to D1 because they get the scholarship, they get the ride and all that. Listen, know what you think is the best fit for you, the best team, the best recruiters, because there are there are people who stand out. Where are you going to grow the most as a man or as a woman on that? But where I find the most joy right now is like right now and I'm in the street and I'm throwing a football with Luke and Brady. And like we're doing that now in the midst of the pandemic. It's like we're, we're, we're every day the kids are working out. It's like that one rule besides my own is, guys, every day you got to do something. I don't care what you do. Go for a run, do something. But you talk about get your mind right. Every day you got to do something. And um, I was sharing with Luke the other day that one of the things that makes me most happy right now is seeing him happy. Um, there's something that I learned from a friend who lost a kid, lost his son. And he said this, and I'll never forget it. You're only as happy as your saddest child. You're only as happy as your saddest child. Maybe think about, you know, sometimes it's easy for your energy to go to your kind of your star pupil, you know, your star kid, but there are kids out there right now. And, and this is a reminder for any parent listening in. There's a lot of kids right now, maybe your own, maybe it's not who are hurting who don't have the belief in themselves, the conviction. And I believe right now with everything going on that coaches and, and, and athletes, Anthony, like yourself and the athletes I work with, it's like, man, we've got to give out more inspiration and more hope. Uh, and not to the star athletes, to the ones that are like the riding the fence or, you know, the last on the bench is like, man, we got to, we got to, we got to instill that, that belief and that conviction and that work ethic now, because uh, if, you, if, if, if you're right now waning and you're feeling a little desperate times, this is when the leaders got to step up. So for me, I love the dad hat. And uh, I hope at the end of the day, whenever those in, I, I know I'm going to be 110 when I pass away. I mean, I, I know my date, 10-10, October 10, 2082. I'll be 110 years old. Is that <laughs> I remember that as, as an impact man, but most importantly, father, husband, coach, leader, and impact man. Man, father's got to be everything. That's cool to hear, man. I got one more heavy hitter for you uh, before Goody goes into his thing here. I was listening to uh, one of your uh, YouTube YouTube talks. I guess it was it wasn't really a podcast. It was more of a question and answer. You asked you got asked what your three fears were. Uh, one of them was not being able to accomplish everything you felt like you wanted to. Um, and I wanted mm. I wanted to know what do you want to accomplish? What is that one maybe biggest thing in your life that you're after? Man, Anthony, going deep. Going deep. I love it. Um, here's the thing. I'm not after anything in the sense of I need to accomplish something else right now. What I'm after really is when I talk about not, not being enough, it's like that I have the courage that if God tells me to pivot and go in a different direction, that I have the courage to do that. Because here's the thing. The, the, one of the greatest deterrents to success is success. Is like when you find success, 
you can get a little bit kind of complacent. You can kind of get a little bit, you know, like, hey, you've reached a certain level of success. I remember talking to LT about this after 2006, he won the NFL MVP. I'm like, how do we stay hungry now? What are we going after um, on that? You always got to find another level. You got to find something hunger, hungry to, to stay after. What I would say is this, like right now for me is as I soul search. And by the way, whether you're 24, you're 44, you're 64, you're always soul searching about what what's next, what what what's what's on my heart, what's in my head, and um, I, I I love love what I do. There's opportunities that come at me all the time, and I'm always like, is that my ego talking that I want that, or is that something that I'm supposed to do based on my purpose? And uh, for me, what I always want to do is make sure that I make decisions based on my purpose, not because of of ego. Not uh, whether I stay in my current role or I was the pivot. People are like, what is that? It's not about what other people are saying. It's about how can I deliver the most impact to what I do? And I think some people get stuck of like doing what they've been doing for 20 years because that's what they're supposed to do or, or that's what they think they're supposed to do when there's another opportunity uh, down the line. And whether that's to go into speaking or whether that's going to, uh, to write a book or whether that's to, to, coach more at a certain level um i i don't ever want to be afraid to change i don't want to be afraid to change when things are going super well is there things you turn to 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 figure out where to evolve or where to tweak things when when you're having guys that win mvps having guys that win super bowls and things are going great and the programs are working all the workouts are working the mindset's working it's like where do you pick and choose where to evolve or where to tweak um is that where maybe you, you free up some space and you go on a vacation and walk on the beach and try to discover something. Else. You you called it. You called it right there. And I think it's blue sky and mellow yellow time when, when there's success happening. You remember that song? Maybe, maybe you don't. I know coach Goodell does. Don't believe the hype. Don't believe the hype. You're never as good as you think you are. And you're never as bad as you think you are. either. There's always another level. So like I'm always, when, when, when things are going really well, I'm always like looking around like, oh, like something's going to be coming at me. You know, something's going to be coming at me. And I don't know what it is, whether, you know, someone, you know, whether you get haters, whether you get this or that, like all of that stuff can can, can get there. Because when you reach a certain level of success, you got to be careful that you don't, you know, you don't get complacent and you don't believe the hype. Because I think that's when like it's really important to to get even more humble is to quiet everything down and, and tune out the noise and say, OK. How can I use this as an opportunity to go deeper inside myself so I can even create more of an impact? And, and how can I serve more with a platform that I may have? And whether that platform is a thousand people, a hundred thousand people, whatever, a million people, it's like, what can I do to serve? And I talk to my athletes at the highest level about that all the time. I'll, I'll question them like, like coach would do to you. What are you doing with your platform? What are you doing with your platform? How are you, are you going back and giving back, uh, you know, on that? And, and I work, guys with, with some of the best in the world at doing that. I mean, guys like, like Drew epitomize chase, uh, all these guys epitomize like giving back and giving back. But here's the thing. Even when you give back, it's never enough. There's always people that want more. So you only have to know, like I'm doing everything that I can. And it's between you and the big man. Like I'm doing everything I can to make an impact. And I, although I can't please everybody, I know I'm doing as best I can with what I have. So uh, I love the questions, Anthony. I love them. Todd, I, I, don't know. Know. I don't know if I'm going to let Coach Goodell ask any of these questions. And, uh, I know we'll have fun with mine, but just, just to end that real quick, just to piggyback that a little bit, probably my biggest regret I've had in my career is not enjoying what went on mm. last year, not enjoying Anthony and 
Knicks national titles. And, and mm. we enjoyed it that night, right? We enjoyed it. We were on top of the world. We we're a top 10 program, right? Rutgers, uh, out of nowhere, boom, top 10 program. And, and it was because of him and, and Suriano winning national titles. I thought that was it. Everything else is going to be easy now. It's all downhill, right? We've done everything. This is going to be yep. great. And I woke up that next morning. We got on a bus at 9 a.m. I turned to the staff, and I don't even know if Anthony knows this, but it was like, well, now we have two national champs. We can get everybody in the country. Let's recruit, recruit, recruit. We never, ever took a step back, uh, got mellow yellow time, got blue sky time, whatever, like what you're calling it, and and enjoyed it. And that doesn't mean resting on our laurels, but we just never relaxed. It was go, 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 go. And yeah, we used our platform, but we never stopped working. Um, there's got to come a time where you, you you enjoy what you're doing. It's good. Let's get back to work, but there's got to be some time, some downtime, right? Yeah, you know, Scott, it's interesting because the coach that you are or we are, you are today, won't be the coach you are in 10 years from now. And the reason for your success is because who you are today. Uh, what I, I think is most important is not the national titles. It's the showing up in the wrestling room when it was just you and Anthony or it's you and a small group of kids and there's no one else around. There's no lights. That's when the DNA is made, man. That's the, that, that's the enjoying the process part. And if you can fall in love with that and remember that, and every now and then I do this with the guys now. I mean, some of my athletes are coming to the tail end of their career and I pinch myself and I actually tell them, guys, we're going to revel in today's every darn rep that we take because it might be the last time that the four of us, five of us or eight of us are actually working out on a Friday again. Let's enjoy this workout. And like the last two years, honestly, I'm a different coach in the last two years than I was 18 years ago when it, when it was LT and Drew and a whole different, it was Peanut Tillman and a whole different crew of guys. Now it's like, um, I'm a little more uh, nostalgic, but like in the moment, like in the now of like, let's grind the same hard work that was 18 years ago, but like also with a point of gratitude of like, man, how beautiful it is that we can get after it. We can train, we can compete and that we can love on each other and, 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 and search for a national championship. Like that'll never stop. But the actual enjoying the process is John Wooden-esque and coach Wooden talked about that all the time. And, and coach, you, you know, you epitomize that. But as coaches, we're, we're never perfect. We always want a little bit more. But uh, we're creating memories for that. So congrats to all you're doing, man. All right. Well, let's have a little fun here. Let's uh, oh. we ask. Yeah, we give a yours goes off a little bit in a different direction. So I hope Anthony understands some of these guys. But this is just uh, we ask all our guests, Jordan or LeBron. You're watching a documentary right now. Jordan. 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 That was easy, huh? Best mind, best mindset that you've trained, the best guy that you've trained that just has an incredible – I kind of know where you're going here and why. Tie between Drew Brees and Darren Sproles. Wow. Drew I've had for 18 years. Uh, the guy epitomizes the, the, the champion's mindset. He's six foot, 200 pounds. He's undersized. He competes like a champion. He, he, he makes everyone around him better. And, and Scott, you were part of that workout. Darren Sproles is five foot six, 190 pounds. He was never big enough to play college football, yet he shattered every record. He was in the NFL for 15 years, just retired. Uh, he, that guy is pocket Hercules right there. That's great. That's awesome. Best high school player you played against. <laughs> <laughs> listen it's not me i get it i get it we didn't really compete with Pip at that time 
best <laughs> high school player you've played against. You watch film, you're watching film, you're like, wow, this guy's going to be – this is tough. You know, I, I, I would say – do you remember these guys? Brian Forte from East Brunswick, quarterback, went to Miami. And Glenn to Foley went to yeah. Rutgers. Yeah, that's right. I forget. That's right. Glenn Foley. Glenn Foley, quarterback from Terry Lewis. We played in the state championship game. We're probably two of the, two, two of the better players I remember. Yeah. The other ones I got, I, I got concussed. I don't remember like Art Bussy from Camden and those guys. Yeah. That, that <laughs> so you guys, you won a state title, correct? You we lost. You we won. lost in the state championship at Cherry Hill East. Your but brother I won a state you. title. Correct. And I got to tell you what, uh, Jackson, you, Julius Blackwell, Tarver, the tight end that you guys had, man. Yeah, Steve Carr, yeah, yeah. So, so this will be good for you, Anthony. Check this out. I think. Correct me if I'm wrong. Your brother, your brother's team won. Did maybe they beat Camden in correct. in the convention center, Atlantic City? That's correct. So Anthony, Anthony, Anthony won four state titles in that building. No way, Anthony. Yeah, yeah that's crazy. Yeah, Brick won in 1974 in that building, and that's then cool. uh, yeah. and then years later, 1988 football season, we played Camden uh, again in the state semifinals and we beat them at brick to go into the state championship. We eventually lost in the state championship, but Camden, what a team they were, man. Yeah. Great, greatest brick football player. Pete Panuska. I knew it. I knew it. That's what I have here. Panuska. I have Panuska. <laughs> <laughs> and then my wife, you, you, you know, Leon wants to give me Valez and Tatata because he blocked for them. Nah, people, they won three state championships back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. He went to the University of Tennessee. He was a stud. I didn't get a chance to see a lot of the guys earlier, like, you know, Kenny Scott, who folklore says, you know, just was was one of the best. But uh, Pete Panuska, I remember as a kid growing up and watching that guy run, I'm like, man, I want to I wanna play like that someday. He was a running back, but, man, he was a stud. Todd, listen, I said I sat, my dad used to work the clock, 1980 game, Jackson versus Brick, and Panuska was on that team. and. I thought he. We had Lou Landy, Tony Carry Carry, but Panuska was the man. I see him a lot. We actually coached Pop Warner together, not the same team, but in the same circle. So we talked quite a bit, and uh, I just loved watching that guy. Man, he was he was really. And again, I was eight eight nine years old, but those guys were right. fun. All right, last one, and we'll let you go. We'll get back because I know you got a big day today with work. Uh, we we ask all of our guests. You're allowed to bring three to the island. You can't say your wife because you're allowed to bring your wife. She could come with you. You're bringing three people to an island, and you're not stuck there for a week. It's this is a six week, six week type or six month type job. Who are you bringing? And and these people are people I know. It could be anybody. You're stuck on an island for six months. You bring anybody you want, man. We've had people bringing Bruce. We've had people bringing. Uh, okay. Well, I, okay. So so if I can't bring my wife, there's no, no other no, women you can that bring are your coming. wife. She's with you. Oh, okay. She's with you, and she. And she's not more. one of the three. Yeah. Yeah. I get three more. All right. So I'll say I'll say this, and and you won't even know some of the names probably. But uh, I, I I would definitely bring I'd bring Breezy because he's one of my best friends, and we could throw the football and, and talk sports and business because he's a heck of a businessman as well. So I bring Breezy. I I bring a guy named Larry Indiviglia. Larry, you don't know him, but he's a huge wrestling fan. Uh, he's from the island, and he's uh, one of my he's one of my you know everyone's got a guy. Scott, you probably got a guy that's your right-hand guy that you lean on. Larry Indivigli is that guy for me, and uh, he brings out my best. He holds the energy in a room when I speak. He comes with me, and he's in my room, and he's always got the pulse in a room of what the energy's like. 
and uh, he's helped me. He's been part of my tribe now for she's almost almost 20 years uh, on that stuff. And, and he's someone who's one special human being um, on that. So I bring him and uh, I mean, I guess I obviously I, I'd have my family with me, but I, I'm going to stay away from all my kids because they'd be with me. But I get I get one more. Huh. Yeah. I get one more. I'm going to bring. Uh, man, this is a tough one. This is this is a tough one. I'm going to go back. I would say my mom. I bring my mom. My mom's still living. She's 86. She lives in Orlando. Um, and uh, the reason why is because when I was five years old, my mom and dad got divorced. And I'm the youngest of eight kids. And my mom, she worked her butt off. And I was the lunch ticket kid. We were poor. I didn't have anything. And she worked her butt off so that that uh, that we could stay in brick. She was going to move at one time. Probably to Jackson, Scott, but I didn't let her do that. So we moved to a little rental, we moved to a little rental home so I could stay on the old brick side. And and uh, my mom, who raised eight kids, divorced me, being the, the, the lunch ticket kid. I owe tremendous, tremendous gratitude and debt to. And wherever I go, as long as my mom's still living, she's coming with me. That's awesome, man, dude. That's great. This has been so cool. You have no idea. I leave you with this. Uh, <laughs> I turned Anthony on to that sauna we won from you. People don't know out there. Everybody asks about the sauna. So I, I give footage once a week yep. about where I'm at over at Melodia's and, and the beautiful. We won that sauna and, and we we bought tickets. We bought tickets and somehow miraculously the, the charity event was going on in San Diego. But the guys from Tom's River won the sauna. It was the strong event. It was after the strong event. And Leon and you guys bought like a hundred raffle tickets. Yeah. So like there was a, a pretty good chance you guys were gonna win because like two thirds of the tickets the sauna. were Leon Mawadia. Yeah. <laughs> we they love that baby. It's good. Yeah, I got one uh one question from a fan here. Do you miss pork roll? Oh man, <laughs> do I miss pork roll? Uh, pork roll and cheese at Brick Beach. There was nothing like it. Life garden yeah. Brick Beach with a pork roll and cheese, man. That's nothing a, like yeah. it. I, yeah. I love it. We'll send you a. We'll send you a log. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not Yo, too man, much though. You can't. Yeah, you can't stuff. have too, too much, much I appreciate right. you giving us an hour today, Todd. You're an inspiration to me, man. You're the mm -hmm. man. Your energy's in, infectious. I just love being around you. Love hearing you. Uh, just keep doing what you're doing. And I'm telling you, we're coming out. I got my boy DeMarco wants to come out. He runs a gym here. My boy Hennessy wants to come out. I want to train with you guys. And then I want to play Tory Pines. So let's let's go. Always an open gym. And I've told you before, and I, I want Anthony there. I want to get back there to Rutgers. I want to do a little grappling in the in the wrestling room. Yeah. I love yeah. it. I love it. <laughs> More yeah, I, I, I heard you talking about being on strong, getting cotton mouth like a wrestler. I mean, it's going to be a little tougher, I think, than that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. Ready, Anthony. We'll do You're, ready. You're the man, right. man. God bless. Stay safe, right? Thanks, fellas. Have a great day. All right. Thanks for coming Thanks, on, man. Peace, guys. Keep up. And we'll stay on Leon. here. This is good, dude. Leon. That was pretty good. Yeah. That went a lot better than I thought, you know, just not being a Rutgers yeah. guy when he asked him. But that was uh, that was pretty good. Leon said best $200 he ever spent. I guess that's I how swear much to money God, he spent. There's no way we won, right? He had to just take <laughs> our number. He, had to. he knows how much we wanted it. Yeah. But, uh, just letting the fans know we could take some face-to-face uh, -face calls now. 
So you guys could come on face-to-face -face with Coach and myself by pressing the green fan line button at the bottom right of your screen when you watch on the FanCred app. If you're just watching on YouTube, then you could just type in questions in the comments. Yeah, let's get some people to ask some questions or come on. We'll spend a – you know, let's – we got nothing to do, right? We'll uh, yeah. we'll, uh, we'll hang out for a little bit and go on. But, yeah, I, I, I don't think I've ever talked to you about that, man. Those were, those were some hard times. And I, I spoke to some of the guys on our team – after you guys won and how exciting it was for so long, but there was never any just chill time, you know, just chill to enjoy it. And it was just go, go, go. And, and then I thought it would get easier, right? All the winning and all the success, you think it's going to get easier and it was getting harder. There's more demands, right? You got to meet with donors, meet with alum, meet with everybody. And uh, yeah. I just never enjoyed. I never just got back to just sitting and chilling. And so that those days were hard, man. It's crazy how he handles all that stuff. Yeah, man, I can't wait to win my next big thing. So I, I kind of just reassessed how I, I, uh, I looked at it, man. It was just, it was celebration, going to ring the bell, just thing after thing. And then all of a sudden I'm wrestling in the senior trials, trying to make a world team. And I took, I made the national team, which was a great accomplishment. But like looking back, I just, I don't really think it would have been possible to have a hundred percent focus on that moment and to go win that tournament. I was just. Yeah, I, I felt leading up to that tournament. And I was hoping the Nationals would carry over because you're such a competitor and you're a winner. But I'm thinking to myself, there's no way he could turn it on and get right back to that level. And somehow you did it. You beat a lot of good dudes. But I don't – I personally, and I could be totally wrong, I don't think you went into that going, I'm winning this tournament. I just think right, there's right. so much going on. You were getting pulled. But that was just me kind of examining from afar – well, not afar, right yeah. next to you. But my thought And process. it's cool. It's cool to look back and see my potential as a wrestler was able to still compete and be in the mix. Um, but, you know, you never know. Maybe that's a reason why you get a little injured and banged up if you're not 100% there. You know, got to get your mind right. Got to get the mind yeah. right. Yeah, he <laughs> lives by that, man. He lives by that. Yeah. Anthony firmed up with next season's – anything firmed up with next season's wrestling schedule when it, whenever it starts. Uh, we are waiting on our Big Ten schedule, which always is late. This is the pandemic has nothing to do with it getting released. The Big Ten Network, I think they did over 310 million minutes. So they put a lot of time in scheduling. And that's why our Big Ten schedule always, always takes forever uh, to get out. But our out-of-conference schedule right now is, is where it needs to be. We're done with our out-of-conference schedule. Um, we're just waiting on our non-Big Ten duels, and then we can start kind of plotting in uh, where we put our out-of-conference schedule. But we know we're going to wrestle Cornell at Cornell, Princeton at home, Buffalo at home, Columbia, Hofstra at home. Um, and then just waiting on – we don't know where we're going, Midlands or Scuffle right now. Because of the budget, we won't go out west this year. We won't do a California trip. We won't do Vegas. So uh, we'll be really conscious of our budget. But our, our out-of-conference schedule is pretty much set, just waiting on our nine Big Ten duels. Yeah, uh, that's exciting. I'm sure it sounds like, you know, a lot of teams are going to do the same thing where they could be taking bus trips instead of plane trips yeah. for out-of-conference especially. Um, but, you know, for our viewers that didn't know, it was Coach Goodell's birthday this week, so uh, happy birthday to you. Yeah, thanks, man. That was fun. We had a yeah. good time here. <laughs> yeah, you had a good time celebrating with the family? With the family. Yeah. We did. Nice. Whatever It's whatever my daughter wants to eat. So we ate what she wanted to eat. I cooked it. I did breakfast. I did dinner. But – I had a good time. You're still, you're still cooking. You're still cooking consistently. I am. Nah, I mean, I'm. My wife's a real control freak when it comes to the kitchen, but I, I get. I'll probably cook twice a week. I'm a big breakfast guy, so she lets me go ham in the breakfast room. So that's 
Same. I do that. I do the breakfast, so that's cool, man. I don't whatever. Yeah. It's all good. I show and we try to keep these. I don't know how are you guys with ordering out? Are you like trying to keep some of those businesses and you know, I always thought they would struggle. They're killing it right now. So yeah, I mean the all, all the businesses that we are trying to order from are businesses that are very popular, you know. Like yeah. I mean, for the most part, we're we're supporting our local ice cream businesses, but uh, they're they're crowded, man. I'm trying to go to Hoffman's and like sometimes some nights the phone calls, it's like they can't even take our order because it's just too yeah. busy. So I'm just constantly calling, 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 trying to get through. This is a good one here. Bob, what is the origin of mob? And why don't you talk about that? So I was uh, in a dorm my freshman year. You know, you get really close with a bunch of guys and when you're living in a dorm. Anyone that's maybe had the college experience can relate to that. But uh, me and a couple of buddies were just sitting around uh, one night, just like rapping to songs that were popular at the time. And uh, there was this song, Shaba, that came on by uh, ASAP Ferg. And I was just kind of rapping my own lyrics. And I was like, uh, it, was, it was a part that said, Fergie be mobbing all day. And I said, Schnulty be mobbing all day. And then uh, on, on Twitter, uh, one night, me and the boys went out one night and uh, I, I changed my Twitter na handle name to Schnulty be mobbing. And I woke up the next morning, I was like, dang, like, I got to take that down. And it was almost like too late. Uh, then I just kind of rode with it. And then from that point forward, my friends started calling me it a lot more. Um, and I just kind of stuck with it, man. And then it really never became a thing thing, I feel like, until my senior year of college, where um, I kind of used it as a shield to uh, really have that mindset that was um, – that was like a lock when I went out there and wrestled. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't, I wasn't guessing when I was out there mobbing allowed me to just open up and be free when I went out there to wrestle because I, I put it like a persona. I put it like it was a jacket on me when I was about to go compete at the rack. And um, it was almost like, I felt like I was a superhero with that name, with the mobbing name. And it helped me a lot. That's awesome. Yeah. I get a lot of people ask me that. A lot of people ask me about it. And I'm like, I kind of say the same thing, but you say it a lot better than I do. So that, yeah. that was good yeah. for our viewers out there. Let's get some questions. I want, we got to have somebody come on this week. Where are we at? One fifteen. got a couple more minutes here. And then we got to figure out what we do, what we want to do next week. If we want to continue doing it, do we go just you and I, do we get some, some trivia going, have more people come on we can invite some people on a bunch of guys on here. So it'll be good. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. You said the story about Cortez. He's over at my house. Now he made a cross country trip. He stopped Did by. He really? Yeah. Is he with yeah. you right now? Yeah. Yeah. Come here. <laughs> <laughs> What's, What's going up, on, Coach? Yo. yo, man, I had a good home visit with you, dude. I really – I left there, and I told my wife, I, we may get this guy because of the relationship with Anthony. <laughs> yeah, I thought we, we were going to get you. Parents, we, we were grateful that you came out to see us. Yeah. So That was, was a pretty cool doing trip. Well. Yeah, yeah, I am, man. Where are you at now? Uh, so I'm living in Chicago, downtown okay. in the city. Yep. So, but yep. uh, in cool. Jersey for quarantine. He's going to get his head pulled on here in a little bit. Are you going to wrestle with him? Roll yeah. it. 215. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So my brother's from Wakanda. That's kind of up north from the city, probably about 45 minutes from Chicago. So okay. I go out there yep. quite a bit. And I think they had, I want to say they had a, did they open up two overtimes a couple years back? One of them was up near, up right near him because his kids wrestle. And then yeah, the overtime school wrestling. Yep, they, yep, they had those. Uh, There's one in Naperville, and then there was another one. Um, I forget where the other one's at, but I don't. I don't know if those are around anymore. No, they're not. They're not. So Naperville, which one was Sean's? The original was Naperville. Yep, his is in Naperville. 
Yeah, there was another. Yeah, that one. was that was Sean. Uh, Ed Geezy was there. Kerry Bowman's was there. Uh, John Kading. It was a great group. Yeah. Donnie Pritzloff Pritz- a little Pritz- bit. Donnie was Donnie there. Pritzloff a little bit. Do you know Shannon Gillespie? Uh yes. Shannon was there towards the end of my career. Yes, he was. was he, he, he was he my college roommate. He grew up as a yeah. Harvey Twister in high yeah. school. And then he and then he came, you know, obviously way later he's was working at overtime and then that kind of ended. So he's a coach at a high school now, but he was super talented. He lost Anthony, he lost to McElravey when they pulled McElravey's red shirt. McElravey ended up beating Abbas. Shannon lost to him in the semis and nationals. Nice. Yeah. All right, man. Thanks for stopping in. Yeah. <laughs> our first call. You, our first call in. <laughs> yeah, our first real guest. That's good, man. <laughs> All right. Well, we could shut it down, dude. I don't, I mean, I guess we're good. And then let's figure out, let's get these fans involved, see what they want next week. They want guests. They want more people just coming on. We could kind of open yeah. up and just play with it, you know? Yeah, what's going on in the Rutgers wrestling world? Any updates with any new recruits? Any uh, anything new? Just the I, Big Ten. The Big Ten coaches got on a text last night that what we wanted as far as recruiting not not being able to recruit until June thirtieth, and everybody else wants to re- or not everybody else. One coach wanted to start recruiting now, bringing people on campus. Everybody else was like, nah, equal playing field, June 30th. So that's the latest we have as far as that, as far as getting into the facility, still nothing. Uh, so we'll see what happens here. And then hopefully in the next two, three weeks, I'm starting to get nervous though, man. I don't, I don't know who the heck knows what's going to happen with the fall. I'm starting to worry about that. So. Yeah. 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 Things are so up in the air still. So it's, it's going to be weird to see. How did the guys finish up? Did they finish their semesters or school? I know for my grad school, uh, graduation's the 15th. So, um, school, right school's in the middle of final. Yeah, that's cool. Right of final. So, you know, I, I think we, we had individual meetings with all of our guys. It's like 80, 90% of it loved, loved what was happening with the, you know, the online learning. The made it a learning. little easier. Made it they a little easier. easier. And then the really smart dudes like Luke Eckloff and some of the other guys that are really, really bright were like, oh, this stinks. They're kind of struggling with it. So Those classes probably got a lot harder. Yeah. Our so, lineup uh, looks stacked. You see this? Our lineup. This is Doc. Looks stacked. Talk about wrestle-offs, tournament, et cetera, and make the lineup. Yeah, I think we're going to do that. I think we're going to do some opens. I don't know if I want to do I haven't. Our staff hasn't come to the conclusion if we even want to do wrestle-offs. Because here you have a wrestle-off guy loses, boom, he leaves, quits, it's over. Uh, you know what? Let's go to some open tournaments, figure it out. That's kind of my stand on it. I don't know if that how popular that will be with our staff, but that's kind of the direction I'd like to lean. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's just still up in the air. You know, it's gonna it's we're it's a good thing that all the opens are mostly in Pennsylvania on the East Coast, so we have an advantage there. We're not gonna have to fly, but it's really just it's how the, it's how the schedule falls, you know. And you got, we still got to see what's going to happen with uh, with the seasons, if football is going to get pushed back or not, and what's going to happen here. Question two from Rachel, from Rachel. I would love to know Anthony's diet during this time. Strict, question mark? Uh, not strict, but, like, I just think I have a pretty healthy diet in general. Um, I'm not really eating more than two pieces of bread any day. Um, there's occasionally times where I'm eat, like, we're eating pizza, and I'm eating, like, two, three slices of pizza. 
but for the most part, it's just clean food, you know, uh, protein, like one third of my plate, usually protein, one third of my plate, uh, carb, like rice or potato, and one third, another vegetable. And I try to split my plate up like that for lunch and dinner. Breakfast, you know, I love a pork leg and cheese like any other Jersey kid, but I'm just making sure if I'm um, eating like any I'm working out like an animal and burning those calories off. And if I'm having a less, less uh, work, less intense workout day where I'm not, then I change my diet accordingly. You know, um, sometimes it, it'll be like a protein shake in the morning and then a later lunch. Then, I mean, I can't really resist dinner. I'd say I, I eat the most from like six o'clock to like I go to bed. I just continuously eat. So uh, I try to try to earn it in the fact that I'm working for it, but. Uh, there's definitely days that I slip. I'm a normal person and I just try to keep it consistent. And if I struggle one day, I just kind of not try to make up for it, but just get back on consistent schedule. It's it's important not to try to make it up by just cutting cutting everything out one day and trying to recover in one day. You know, it's it's better to just be consistent and you'll make a lot uh a lot bigger strides. Yeah, I uh it's crazy, man. The wrestling mentality is crazy. I'm 40, I'm actually 48 years old now and Every time I look at, like, my wife made these great croissants this morning. I'm like, ah, oh, that's bread. Can't eat that. But you know what I mean? Like, I'm, every time I'm picking or choosing, I'm like, I know I shouldn't have these chips. But, man, those chips are so good. Those, like, ruffled, salty yeah. chips, I want those. It's like your mentality. And then when I do sit down to eat, it's like boom, 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 boom. Yeah. It's nonstop and it's fast. And it's like give me more. And then you start looking around. You can eat that, like, to your family members, right? It's yeah. just such a crazy wrestling mentality, so. Yeah. I started trying to eat left hand to slow me down, and that that, that hasn't worked. Then it's just frustrating. Yeah, yeah, we got Russell says get Z Man on the next week. We got to get him to peek his head in here. I'll get him to peek his head, and we'll do that next week. We'll I'll ask him. him. He's still I'll training. Ask, I'll ask him a couple questions about his recruiting process. Yeah, you saw him doing those man makers, right? Breaking the light. I know. Yeah, I wasn't even mad. What was I gonna do? Nah, you can't. I was all fired mad. up to do. <laughs> I know. All fired up the dome, and then boom. But whatever. No casualties. No no injuries. You're good. No, no. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Just some uh, just some glass on the wrestling. He didn't even break the light. He just broke the bulb around it. So you just like take the bulb off actually... the case there. Yeah. No, the, the bulb is good. It makes it lighter down there. So we're set. We're set. Yeah. We're gonna go train here in a little bit. So. Did you train this morning? Or you just sat in that sauna. I sat in the sauna this morning. I golfed 36 holes yesterday, man. You had to recover a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was good. So we'll go lift this afternoon. Get after. What do you got planned for the weekend? Uh, just a little wrestling today, tomorrow, working out, and Mother's Day. Uh, me and my family, my parents have a nice place in Belmar, like right on the water. So they have a balcony. We're we're just gonna go. Hopefully, it's a nice day. We're just, all the kids are gonna just set up lawn chairs. My dad's gonna cook on the charcoal grill. So hopefully, it's a nice day. We can make that happen for my mom. Give her a special day. All right. As I leave you here, I need advice. So it's going to be, it is going to be a nice day, right? It's Mother's Day, it was 65 degrees. So I'm hearing. I don't know if that's tomorrow's going to be freezing and it's going to be really nice on Sunday. Yeah. How do I try to manage getting out on the course? <laughs> I knew this was coming. <laughs> like <you said> that. <laughs> uh, How I do mean, I manage? I mean, there's got to be an escape route. I feel now, like you, I could I feel play like you 18 go. in three hours. You should go 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. maybe. Oh, you want me to start early? I mean, you get done by 11, home by 11.30. You got the whole day. And maybe uh, maybe, prep, maybe prep something to cook the night before so it's ready to go. 
right. I'll, I'll think about that. I was I, thinking around you sneak out at two. Sneak out in the middle of the day. Hopefully she's tanning. You go two to five. I could do the breakfast, the brunch, right? We're going to do brunch and get my mom involved. Yeah. And then, boom, sneak out and then back at five. Now we could do dinner. Yeah. Hopefully the conversation for brunch doesn't linger, though. Everyone's still there, and then everyone sees you sneak out. Now – I'm pretty good I mean, at shutting that off. Maybe Lisa will be, <laughs> maybe she'll be pumped. She'll be like, please leave for three hours. Leave from five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my man. Go go do your thing. Go put it on Cortez. Give him a uh, beating. Uh, All right. Uh, look at Lisa's comment. I love when you golf. Get out. <laughs> I didn't think she'd be listening this long. <laughs> Uh, uh, all right, brother. Have a great uh, weekend, my man. Yeah, happy Happy Mother's Day, Mrs. Goodell. You too. Yeah. See you. All the moms out there, happy Mother's Day. See you later.